Our Bible reading this evening is Ezekiel chapter 34 on page 865. Page 865, Ezekiel chapter 34, starting at verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed those who are ill or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord. Because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be great, their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. 
I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another, and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you've driven them away, I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and with the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor wild animals devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. Thank you very much, Joy. Please do keep the passage open. In just a moment, Andrew will come and explain that uh, for us. Um, but I do have some news to share with you first, some uh, church family news and then some personal news. And huge apologies to most of you who've already heard this on, either on Thursday or Thursday and this morning as, as well. But, um, yeah, huge windows ...and know how to use it. Could you maybe shut those windows? That would be great, just to keep out a bit of the noise. Thank you. Really good. Um, in most ways, the passage that uh, we read just now is not like our situation. We as, at Christchurch Bampstead haven't suffered under the abusive shepherds of verses 1 to 10. However, the main point of this chapter is wonderfully relevant, ideal in God's timing of this preaching series. Here's the big idea. The Lord is our shepherd. 
The Lord is our shepherd. Rocked by the waves, lost in thorny paths, feeling disappointment, grief or fear, know the comfort of this unshakable truth. The Lord is our shepherd. Um, As we hop into Ezekiel, many of God's people have been taken captive to Babylon. They were experiencing the righteous judgment of God as a result of their sin and worse was to come. This was a result of their sin, but in this chapter, the Lord also lays the blame squarely at the feet of their kings, their kings. In the Old Testament, the kings of Israel were often referred to as shepherds, and this was literally the case for David, the shepherd king, and this was metaphorically the job of all the kings that followed him. They were meant to protect, care for, and bless their flock. But as we're going to see, Israel's kings had done a terrible job of this. They'd been terrible shepherds. So in this chapter, the Lord says, enough is enough. I'm going to be their shepherd instead. Far from home, scattered and defeated, no wonder the exiled people of Israel needed to hear words of comfort and security. And we need to hear those same words today as well. We're going to find great comfort and security in, cons- in considering what our shepherd does in this chapter. But firstly, I want to point out a brief point of tension before we get into it. On the one hand, the shepherd is the Lord himself. On the other hand, the shepherd is a human king that God will send. There's this tension in this chapter. Um, so on the one hand, the shepherd is, a, uh, is the Lord himself. I say that because, well, the Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep in verse 11. The Lord also compares himself to a shepherd in verse 12 and says, I will shepherd the flock in verse 16. The shepherd is the Lord. Um, But on the other hand, the shepherd is a human king like David, because in verse 23, the Lord says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them He will tend them and be their shepherd. So you see the tension, don't you? On the one hand, it's the Lord. On the other hand, it's a human king like David. Um, But this is clearly and wonderfully resolved by David's greatest son, our shepherd king, Jesus. We, um, We know that he is the Lord himself and he is the servant God sent. And we know, as many of us know, his famous words from John 10, I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Um, So as we're looking at how the Lord shepherds his sheep in this chapter, we're also learning about Jesus, the good shepherd, how he cares for his flock. And if you're one of his sheep already, this is how he cares for you. If you're thinking about following Jesus, if you're thinking about, uh, if you're weighing in the balance, should I follow Jesus or not? This is the sort of care that can be yours if you follow him, if you listen to his voice. Here's our question. We'll click on a couple of slides. How does the Lord shepherd his sheep? And there are two main answers in this chapter. First, we'll click on again. He protects us. He protects his sheep. In verses 1 to 10, the Lord protects his flock from the abusive shepherds of Israel. And remember, this refers to their kings. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to you, shepherds of Israel. 
How exactly had they abused their flock? In verses 2 to 3, God accuses them of only taking care of their own interests, not the interests of their sheep. Sure, they value the flock, but only for what they can get out of it for themselves. Um, So let's ask Israel's shepherds this question. Do you love your flock? Yes, of course I love my flock. We, we, we shepherds love the flock. Uh, we can get delicious curds from the milk they make. It's just so good. And um, we can, or oh, when we need a feast, we just go over the sheep pen and we look at whichever sheep is the fattest, the juiciest. We bonk it on the head, roast it up, and then a wonderful feast. And if it's cold like tonight, well, uh, the sheep don't really need their nice thick coat. We just shear it off, and then I make myself a nice coat. They can be shivering out in the cold. That doesn't matter at all. I am nice and warm. I love the flock. Uh, The shepherds cared for the flock only for what they could get out of it. They were exploiting them. And uh, such was the behavior of Israel's kings. And in verses 4 to 6, Israel's kings abused the people of Israel by neglecting them. Imagine the shepherd who decides to lie in bed until 10 a.m., eventually wakes up and has a nice tasty breakfast of mutton and lamb, and then decides, well, I'd better wander past the sheep pen and check that everything is still in one piece. And as he wanders towards the sheep pen, he hears some bleating. There's a little young lamb that's been born in the night, shivering in the cold. Probably needs feeding, but the shepherd just walks straight past. He goes on a little further, and then there's more bleating. And and this time he notices that there's an old sheep that's blatantly fallen ill. This sheep is frail, feeble, and sick, but still the shepherd keeps on walking, not interested And finally, there's the most desperate cry of all. And this this bleating is coming from a sheep that's not even in the pen. This sheep didn't even make it into the pen at night. It's just outside the gate. It's got a broken leg and it is barely holding on to life. But instead of binding up this sheep's leg, instead of caring for it, this brutal, harsh shepherd, as, as he's described in the passage, just kicks the sheep and says, get on in with the rest of them. What are you doing out here? Go in where you're supposed to be. The bad shepherds, the abusive shepherds of Israel were neglecting the sheep, and such was the behavior of their kings as well. Eventually, that um, abusive, neglectful shepherd doesn't even bother shutting the gate one night. All the sheep are scattered far and wide, and they become food for wild animals. No one bothers searching for them. Uh, This was the way that the kings of Israel treated their people. They abused them by exploiting and neglecting them, and of course that meant a lack of practical care. But there's another aspect to it as well. Um, It's uh, mentioned in verse 5 that they strayed over every high hill. And that's probably a reference to Israel going off after idols. Um, Israel's idols were often constructed on high places, and yet the kings, they saw them wandering off away from the worship of the one true God, but they couldn't be bothered doing anything about it. Stuff them. They've gone off after idols. What difference does that make? However, the Lord will protect his flock from shepherds like this. 
What will happen to them? Verse 10. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. And of course, um, we know from the history of Israel that the kings were removed from the throne. The Lord protected his flock. This should bring us great comfort and security, actually. Some of us might feel worried about how vulnerable we'll be as a church when, when Kev leaves. What if his successor is harsh? What if he's like some of the pastors we've read about in our newspapers? What if he neglects or exploits us? Remember the unchangeable character of our Lord. The good shepherd loves to protect his sheep, so prayerfully trust him. And we go into this transition moment. Ask for his wisdom on us as a congregation and on our leaders. Value the safeguarding officers and trust the procedures that have been put in place in accordance with the principles in his word. The Lord will protect us from abusive, exploiting, neglecting shepherds. Our good shepherd stands at the gate of the sheep pen, ready to guard us from any who would do us harm. But there's another way, actually, that um, we're still on, uh, if we click back, we're still on protecting. Um, there's another way uh, that God protects, which I'm going to cover quickly. In verses 17 to 22, the Lord protects his flock from the abusive sheep of Israel, not just the shepherds, the sheep. You'll know that our society loves to tell stories of those in positions of authority abusing those beneath them. And of course, we do hear terrible stories of, of leaders and of pastors spiritually abusing members of their congregation. But spiritual abuse can happen in the other direction. Um, church members exploiting ministers or church members exploiting, neglecting other church members. And so the Lord says in verse 17, I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. Look at the behavior of some of the sheep in verses 18 and 19. These sheep are eating all the grass they need, fair enough, but then they are trampling the whole field so that no one else has anything to eat. And these sheep are drinking their fill of clear water at the river, again, fair enough, but then they're kicking up all the mud on the seabed, on the riverbed, so that it uh, pollutes all the water and no one else can get a drink. And see again what these sheep are doing in verse 20 and 21. The fat sheep are shoving the lean sheep. They're butting the weak sheep with their horns until they've succeeded in driving them away. Now in poverty-stricken, exiled Israel, this may well have been a literal struggle over limited resources. But in church today, this might be the church member that uses their status to push someone they don't like out towards the edge. In church today, this might be the church member that uses their words and their, their cold shoulder to make a brother or sister feel like they don't belong. Terrible. What will happen to sheep like that? The Lord repeats the same consequence three times in verses 17 to 22. I will judge. I will judge. I will judge. 
those people of Old Testament Israel, those church members who mistreat their brothers and sisters, they will not get away with anything. Every wrong will be made right. And some sheep will be exposed as just pretenders. Maybe they were goats all along with no place in the kingdom of God. Abusive shepherds and abusive sheep will always be removed. Even if they seem to get away with it for a while, it won't be for long. And they certainly won't get away with it in eternity. When we think of Jesus as our shepherd, we think of it as, um, we think of that image as very gentle and caring. It is. He is. Our good shepherd is gentle and caring. But our good shepherd also has a really big stick. You know Psalm 23, um, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That is a big stick. And whatever wolves come our way, our good shepherd is ready to defend us. Secondly, and we'll click on, how does the Lord shepherd his sheep? He cares for us. As we consider how the good shepherd cares for the flock... Remember, this is how he's going to look after us this year. And remember, this includes how he's going to look after the Newman family this year as well. When we're worried about them and the rest of us, find comfort and security in this. In verses 11 to 13, the Lord cares for his sheep by gathering us home. We'll click on this, the first way he cares for us. Uh, Verse 11, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. I will bring them into their own land. Remember how that careless shepherd left the gate open. Remember how the sheep were lost, scattered over all the high hills, food for wild beasts. The good shepherd gets up early and he searches through every valley and over every hill. However long it takes, he searches for his sheep. He rescues them from their predators, puts them on his back and brings them home to the safety of the sheep pen. Israel had faced a day of clouds and darkness as their city burned and as their people were carried off into exile to Babylon. They had spiritually gone their own way, scattered far away from the Lord far before that. But the Lord, their shepherd, would gather them home. They would return to the promised land. And that's how the good shepherd cares for us too. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. We've all run away from God. We stray over every high hill, worshipping anything and everything other than our creator. But you haven't gone too far. The good shepherd Jesus went out looking for you, even though the journey went from the throne of heaven to the ends of the earth and down to the depths of the grave. He came searching He placed you on his back, and now that he's got you, there is nothing that will stop him from carrying you all the way home. Whatever your worries, keep trusting the good shepherd. He cares for you too much to let go of you now. 
He will carry you through every trial and all the way to glory. He'll gather you in and you'll hear the Father's voice. Welcome home. He cares for us by gathering us home. He also cares for us in verses 13 to 16 by feeding and tending us. Uh, Verses 13 to 16, the Lord says this, I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. Again, remember how that um, neglectful shepherd ignored the cries of the weak young lamb born in the night. Remember how he didn't have time for the old, sick, ill sheep. Remember how he didn't have time for the one with the broken leg either. Not binding it up, but kicking it instead. The good shepherd is the exact opposite of that in these verses. He'll pick up that weak young lamb and make sure it gets milk. He gently encourages the sick old sheep to lie down in good grazing land. He personally tends, personally tends to the ill, to the broken in the flock, binding them up and strengthening the weak. What comfort and security to know that we're in the care of this good shepherd. He will feed us and tend us until one day in glory we will never hunger and we will never get sick ever again. That's where his care is taking us, but he's he's feeding you in the here and now. He's feeding and tending you right now as well. He'll generously provide you with everything you need to complete his plan for your life. You will never lack anything anything you need for his mission for you here on earth. And though you might get sick this side of glory, the good shepherd's tending care will bind up your brokenness and strengthen your soul for eternity. This is how he'll care for us. Whatever your need, whatever your weakness, take comfort and security in this. And take comfort and security from the fact that this is how he takes care of all his sheep. No exceptions. Uh, The final way that he cares for us, um, briefly looking at verses 23 to 31. The Lord cares for his sheep by blessing us. And we can click on one more slide. Um, I'll read 23 to 26. The Lord says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, And he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forests in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. You see, Israel had broken the covenant. But still, here God promises that under the reign of a new shepherd king, the blessings of the covenant would return. Peace, safety, 
bountiful harvests, freedom from their oppressors, freedom from fear, freedom from shame, and the best blessing of all, God himself. Verse 30, then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God declares the Sovereign Lord. What precious words of passionate belonging and love. Some of us are walking into 2024 carrying fears of what the next 12 months hold for us. When we look around at our circumstances, we might well have very good reasons for feeling unsettled, worried, and nervous. But look up. Look up. The gathering storm clouds you fear are in fact full of mercy and will break with blessings down upon you. When shaken, find comfort and security in the unchangeable character of God. We have a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. We have a good shepherd who will protect us and will care for us. It's worth saying, this is only true if you're part of the flock. This is only relevant if you're one of Jesus' sheep. Otherwise, you're still lost and in dreadful danger. Call out to him and he will save you. He loves to rescue lost sheep. And then all this wonderful care will be true for you as well. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much that you so wonderfully shepherd us, your sheep. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the good shepherd, that you laid down your life for us. Thank you that you give us such wonderful care. We commit ourselves into that care. We commit ourselves into your protection. And we pray that, Father, you would gather us home, that you would go on feeding us and tending us, that you would go on blessing us, that most of all we would know the greatest blessing of all, you yourself, that sense of belonging, that sense of relationship, that sense that we are yours and you are ours. Father, please, amid all our nerves, amid all our worries and cares, grant us this comfort and security of knowing that you are our shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.